Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 6 of book 7 of his Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle says something that a lot of people might have some trouble with today and plenty of people in his own time criticized him for. It has to do with anger and it has to do with what we call acrosia or lack or loss of self-control. It's possible to lose one's self-control with respect to anger. I think this is something all of us have experienced at one time or another, at least of being on the brunt side of it. Many of us from actually being on the other side of it, where we lose control. And Aristotle says that this is, in many respects, better. It's, 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 he's not saying it's something good, but he's saying it's something less bad than losing control of oneself, at least with respect to the main things that that lack of self-control pertains to. That is, the bodily desires for, say, food and drink or for, for sexual pleasure. So he says that it's actually less shameful, aiskra. It's feminine there because akrasia itself is a feminine word. So, like I said, this is something that to many seems paradoxical. Isn't it worse to lose control with respect to anger? Because think about how damaging anger can be and how, how anger appears. And, you know, we can go through all sorts of stuff. Aristotle didn't himself on the scene take a lot of heat for it, but a lot of people following him in the ancient world attacked him on this particular point with respect to anger. They said that you're, you're actually giving anger more of a pass than you should. But Aristotle has some arguments for why he thinks that losing control with respect to anger, not being an angry person all the time, but, but losing control in a particular situation can be less shameful. The first thing that he says, which is quite interesting and gives rise to something quite memorable, is that anger is like a hasty servant. That's the sort of catchphrase. A hasty servant doesn't stick around and listen to the whole explanation about what it is that they're supposed to do. They hear the first thing, go cut the grass and they don't listen to the person saying, well, now when you do cut the grass, make sure that it's about this tall and leave the backfield alone. Instead, they, they just go rush off and start implementing whatever it is that they think that person meant. And so they, they get things wrong. They only listen to half of the instructions, if that. Now, this means, according to Aristotle, that anger listens to reason in a certain way. Reason is this higher part of ourselves, better than, say, the appetites for sense pleasures. And so this means that anger is actually engaging the higher part of ourselves. It's just doing so in a way that's a bit mixed up. So what can we say about this? How is, is anger actually following reason? Well, what happens when a person gets angry is they perceive some sort of threat or they perceive some sort of transgression. And without actually checking whether that is the case or not, they immediately engage in a reasoning process, which goes along these lines. Oh, I have been attacked. I should not put up with that. Instead, I should seek some sort of retaliation. And so it's right for me to get angry. This is part of what the feeling of anger consists in. And I'll get that SOB at the end of my reasoning process. So it is a reasoning process, but it's one that's going astray. It could, in fact, be the right thing to do, but the angry person often is not checking whether it's the right thing to do. But he says it's still better, it's less shameful, because what it's yielding to is something better, reason. 
not to epithumia, desire for having sex, desire for eating, you know, one's fill and beyond that, desire for physical intoxicants, these sorts of things that Aristotle considers to be in some respects more shameful and less rational. So because anger is like a hasty servant and follows reason in some way, it is less shameful. That's the first argument. The second argument is that anger, and he uses two terms there that we often find in Aristotle's work, orge and thumos, both of which he, he at one time or another will use for anger. These are more natural than desire in certain respects. Why? Because just look at it. You can observe little children and nearly all of them get angry about something. You know, take their toy away, see what happens. They're, they're angry, right? Animals feel some sense of thumos, right? They may not get upset about politics or comparing themselves against other people in performance reviews, but they do get angry when you transgress certain things that they feel to be limits. And Aristotle is a very funny case that I'll tell you about in just a moment sort of to illustrate this. He says that it is more natural than desire for excessive pleasures. So there are natural pleasures like those of eating and drinking, but it's excessive for you to eat thirds at every single meal and then have two desserts on top of that or to be like a hobbit and have second breakfast every day, right? Presumably the hobbits have a high metabolism, but for those of us who don't, that would be excessive. Um, likewise with drinking or with other intoxicants besides alcohol, perhaps a certain amount is within limits and is good for you, but then you can go and get yourself completely stinking drunk. And that would be, in Aristotle's view, excessive, and that would be shameful. So if you're desiring to get drunk all the time, that's more problematic than feeling anger and losing control with respect to anger. Unnecessary pleasures, things that we don't actually need, but we become, you might say, in certain ways, almost addicted to. And yes, I understand that addiction in the true sense is a sort of a compulsion. We're using this in a very loose sense here, the sense that we use in our own society. There are many things that are not originally pleasant to us, but then after time, they become pleasant. We appreciate them, and we can have lack of self-control with respect to them. Aristotle says that's worse than lack of self-control with respect to anger. The funny example that he gives is of a man who's angry with his father and drags him outside the door physically up to, if I remember right, like the boundary post of the property. And people are saying, hey, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? And he says, hey, that's exactly how far he used to drag his father, so it's okay for me. Now, Aristotle's not saying it's okay for anybody, but he is still saying it's less shameful to be giving in to something that seems to be so natural. A, affect, a sort of emotional response within us. Another thing that he says that, that is, is quite an interesting argument is that anger is not crafty. Anger doesn't conceal anything, but rather is open. And the word he uses there is faneros, meaning that it shows itself. When a person is angry, they're not, as we say, pussyfooting around, or they're not candy-coating anything. They let you know that they're angry. Whereas people who are trying to pursue pleasures, quite often, they're not telling you exactly what's going on. Think about, you know, the, what's going on with, with seduction, right? You're trying to seduce somebody. You don't go straight up to them and say, hey, want 
to jump in the sack? No, you go through all these other machinations, right? And perhaps, you know, everyone knows that that's what that really means. But Aristotle thinks that there's something to being upfront, to being, as we say, above the board, being straightforward about things that anger tends to have. Now, you might make an objection and say, well, what about people who conceal their anger? He, in fact, talks about that in terms of vices of anger. Here, we're only talking about losing self-control with respect to anger, where a person has, you know, some sort of momentary lapse or tends to have those sorts of lapses. And that tends to be something quite open. So if we think that openness is a good thing, or sincerity, perhaps, maybe there's something to that argument. The last argument that he provides here is that acting in anger causes pain to the person who is angry. And he contrasts this against hubris. Those who are used to Greek tragedy think in terms of like hubris being this tragic flaw of reaching too high and failing in the process. But the Greeks use this to cover quite a lot. What we would nowadays call bullying is a matter of hubris. You try to hurt somebody else or impose something on them. And you do so because it provides you with pleasure. Another way of thinking about it is, is what we call sadism. So, you know, the sadist and the angry person both may engage in aggression, but the angry person is not doing it with the, the intent of just hurting the other person so that they can get some pleasure out of it. The angry person is doing it because they have a desire for retribution. Now they will get some, I put just pleasure here, because they will get some pleasure out of retribution, but it quite often is, is painful to not only be angry, but to be acting on anger. And many people who are angry say that they don't get any pleasure out of their vindication or, or retribution at the end. Which again, for Aristotle, is a sign that it is less shameful. Notice that Aristotle is not at all saying that anger, losing control with respect to anger is a good thing. He's not saying that at any point in this. He's just saying it's less shameful than losing self-control because of one's desire for physical pleasures. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.